Good morning. This is uh, George Zilbergeld. I'm uh, doing the podcast Citizens Going Wild, Thinking for Yourself in an Age of uh, Hype and Glory. God knows we're into that. I wanted to mention something about the Green New Deal. I am half of me is an old fashioned liberal Democrat. And so I I like to help people, and I, I think the government should help people when they're young, when they fall down, when they're sick, when they're, you know, in retirement, uh, when you need a government to be helping you out. Um, so I like a lot of the stuff that we have in the New Deal put forth by uh, President Biden. But when I look at the details, I get a little un unhappy about it. And what I find is in that it's it's kind of fake in the sense that it's the Green New Deal in disguise. That's what the Wall Street Journal calls it. And, you know, um, I get a little annoyed at that. Maybe you have to do something like that to uh, sell it. Still, there are a couple of things that you folks out there might want to think about here. Basically, half of the plan has to do with reducing CO2. Now, I'm against CO2 as much as the next man, but still, that's not what we're being told, okay? Uh, half of the plan is really the Green New Deal. Uh, now, if you like the Green New Deal, you'll be happy about it, but I, I'm a little tired of the, all the deceptions the government is doing on us. I've had enough of that. Um, here's uh, something else. A lot of these programs, the work will be done by government workers, which is fine with me. I was in effect a government worker as a professor for 30 years. But still, I'm a little nervous because, for example, the New York City Housing Authority paid unionized electricians $135 an hour, including benefits to install, install LED lighting, which of course is more efficient than the old fashioned incandescent lighting. But $135 an hour seems high to me. And it's probably more than I and Ming make each year. So uh, we, these things have to be straightened out before I just support this whole thing. Um, just be a little more honest with it. Just be a little more trusting of the American people. I think it would be nice. We are spending in this plan $174 billion to get people to buy electric cars. Now, electric cars, yes, they look like the future, but that's a, a lot of money. It, shouldn't there be a certain point where electric cars pay for themselves? I like uh, Elon Musk, but you know, um, the idea of subsidizing which we are all doing, Elon Musk makes me a little bit unhappy. I like his verve and his daring and, and everything about him, but you know, we're subsidizing his electric cars to the tune of about $10,000 per car. Maybe we should subsidize poor people a little bit more. Here's another thing that I favor, and that's basic research. The amount of money the federal government is, pay, is spending on uh, Basic research, which is the foundation of a lot of our prosperity and healthcare wonders, um, has been dropping, and I'd like to see it start going up here. 
But it turns out that most of the money here is going for carbon capture retrofits. I like to capture carbon as much as anyone, but still, can't we have a little bit of honesty in our dealings with the government? It's just kind of annoying. And here's something that's more annoying. If you ever wonder why Jews are walking around bitter, this is why. It talks about the death of a guy who was the leader of Hitler's secret police in Austria, responsible for the deaths of goodness knows how many thousands of people under the most horrible circumstances. The war ends and you think, well, we shoot them, we set them on fire, we bury them alive. No, we don't even throw them in jail. Basically, the American authorities, together with the West German authorities, got hold of this guy and protected him until the day of his death, which was recently. And we protected him because he knew how to help us set up a, our own spy network in Europe. And uh, I'm pretty sure we could have done it without that sort of thing. And, and people like this, I mean, they just, they sent little children to their deaths. They bashed the, the brains of, of infants out against brick walls. They're, they were really bad people and it would ease my sleep at night if I knew that really bad people are punished. Unfortunately, they are often not. Brett Stevens, by the way, if you haven't read him, is a, I think a rather brilliant columnist. He writes for the New York Times. And uh, in spite of that, he's pretty darn objective and reasonable and interesting, very interesting. He says, look, most of the programs that we have under the Biden New Deal that encompasses all of this stuff is for good causes, it's hard to be against it. But you should keep something in mind. The countries that have economies where so much of the money goes to, through the government, um, there are often problems here and he offers a few. Um, in France, the daycare is wonderful. The food alone is enough to make you take a trip there. Um, but there's a problem. There's always a shortage of slots. He goes on to talk about um, Sweden, where they have a whole bunch of laws that protect tenants against excessively high rents. That's a good thing. But yeah, the wait can be 20 years. Uh, you know, the, the mayor of uh, Hanoi, of all places, said that the only thing that destroys more housing than thermonuclear war, excuse me, it, the only thing that uh, destroys more housing than uh, rent control is thermonuclear war. And it seems to be the case. Um, that Britain, the people are very proud of their national health care system as well they should be. And it's a beautiful system that takes care of everyone. But there's also a little bit of a problem, which is that you have to wait a long time in order to see a doctor for just an ordinary doctor checkup visit. And if you need some specialized machinery, you can end up waiting months and months. The idea is that there's a trade-off here. Uh, you know, free isn't always entirely free. I happen to believe that in uh, universal health care coverage, but it is something that, that's taken in mind. It will change. People who have a great health care 
uh, insurance as my wife and I have, um, you know, we can call up and see a doctor, a uh, family doctor in a day or two, sometimes the same day. Sometimes they say, come on over. Never do we have to wait for anyone for more than a week. And uh, things are going to change. They're definitely going to change. There's no way around it. No country on earth or on even distant planets have found a way about it. The government has, when they have a program, there's a trade-off. And you just want to keep that in mind. Here's something I have to say to severely reprimand my uh, conservative friends. I'm pretty conservative myself. But we've gotten in a habit where <coughs> liberals and conservatives are not that honest with themselves. For example, when we get, it gets time to uh, talk about a tax increase, Grover Norquist, who I know and I've been to many of his talks, um, will come on and say new taxes, more taxes, a terrible, terrible, terrible ideas. And, no one likes to pay taxes. It's not any fun at all. Nonetheless, a tax, uh, an increase in taxes on the wealthy is not new. We used to have taxes that went up to 70, 80, 90% at the top bracket. Um, and we also had a very, very, very prosperous country. And the workers at that time with the high tax brackets got a bigger share of the increase in wealth than they do now, which is something to keep in mind, and it's a good thing. And we're not even in a historical high if this Biden tax plan goes through. It's been much, much higher many times in the past, and it's much higher in other countries that have about the same standard of living as we have. There are only two countries in the world that have relatively low tax rates, Japan and the United States. We're both prosperous, but there are a lot of prosperous countries that have much, much, much um, higher taxes than we do. Most Americans pay somewhere around 35% of their taxes, state, local, whatever, in taxes. In Europe, most of the tax rates are around 40 or 50 percent and when you get up to the places like sweden you're up to about 50 55 percent but these are not terrible places <laughs> they're clean they're neat the kids are cute um the streets are clean it's it's very very nice i don't know if we could ever do something like what they do over there because there's more community and mutual trust there I saw an article about Sweden and the guy was complaining, as all Swedes do, about the terrible taxes. But he, one of the guys said, one of the guys who was interviewed for the article said, look, I hate these taxes, but I know that my grandma is being taken care of. And that's the kind of trade-off. I don't think we have enough community trust here that we could um, do something like that or have people talk like that. But it's something to think about. So you don't just go off yelling about lower taxes and less regulation every five minutes the way too many damn Republicans do. I've been noticing something recently, and that is that some of the highest achievers in our society are from Africa. 
I mean, recently from Africa. And I was at the uh, Honda dealer uh, where I don't spend much of my time because they're pretty good cars. But I was talking to this woman and I guess, I told her, I guess where you're from. And I guess Nigeria, and she said, yes. And I said, oh, I'm gonna guess the tribe, okay? Uh, but I was off. Uh, I was off on that one. Nonetheless, we started talking and she was very disappointed with the behavior of a lot of black, American blacks. And she, you know, viewed herself as totally separate. There was no solidarity by color there at all. There rarely is when I talk to people from Africa. I noticed also there was a letter to the editor about the uh, top schools in uh, New York, Bronx School of Science was perhaps the best one of all. And uh, the letter was by someone whose name is Dorothea, thank you, and D-W-O-M-O-H. I have no idea how you pronounce that. But um, I've noticed that a lot of the high achievers, black high achievers are from Africa in general and often from Nigeria in particular. I don't know what to make of it, but it's something that I like to think about that I think someone should think about, someone who knows more about it than I do because it's, it comes up repeatedly. Okay, now we come to our minute of hate. If you wanna get in on this, gear, gear up. And the person we're gonna hate today is Ilhan Omar who has just voted the anti-Semite of the year. It was stiff competition, Louis Farrakhan, Richard Spencer, but Ilhan Omar was voted the anti-Semite of the year. She is, in my opinion, a, a nasty lady. She has repeatedly, endlessly uh, commented about Jews in the most negative manner possible. And a lot of people don't even know some of the stuff that she has done. She has associates herself with, for example, a group called Islamic Relief USA. And they are a nasty group that has connections to terrorist organizations, as do a number of organizations, Ilhan Omar. By the way, Ilhan Omar is the representative, one of the representatives from Minnesota. Um, well, at the time when she was a state representative, now she's a U.S. representative, uh, there was a group that agreed to fight for ISIS, and um, they, they were caught, and she pleaded for compassion and mercy for these young men. Um, these are people who are going to go terrorize people. These are the people that cut off people's heads on television. And... Um, I just want to read a list of reasons why I hate her. You can all join in on this hate, by the way. You don't have to be Jewish to hate people. She accused, uh, she accuses American Jews of possessing dual loyalty. Now, dual loyalty is a classic criticism of Jews. The idea is we're not loyal to the state that we're in, for example, Germany, and therefore we can be dealt with harshly. She said that Jews buy their influence with money, saying it's all about the Benjamins. I think a Benjamin is a $100 bill. Is that, is that right? Okay. 
and uh, you know we're all about money there's a, a certain slander against every group of people and the slander about jews revolves around money that we're greedier than other people this is dangerous stuff if it sticks to the wall a lot of jews die she accuses israel of having hypnotized the world jews have often been accused of having magical evil powers and that's what this is alluding to. She supports BDS, which is boycott, divestment, and sanctions. Uh, their goal in life is the destruction of the Israel and the genocide of the Jewish people. And um, I don't like that sort of stuff at all. On the other hand, she's been normalized, and I saw her on a late night show uh, where the person was just chatting away with her as if, you know, this is a reasonable person. Well, that would be like sitting and talking to David Duke without mentioning that he's a damn bigot. Okay. I also wanted to mention something else um, that deals with the misuse of words. The, the idea that there's a war or a conflict between Palestinians and Israelis is a false way of um, viewing this conflict. The word Palestinian is a made-up word that was made up by the Soviet Union, who had an excellent group of propagandists. And until that time, Israel was favored by most of the people in the world, and they were viewed as a scrappy underdog. Um, but then uh, the, the uh, Soviet Union propagandists said, why don't we reverse this? will make the Palestinians into the underdogs and will pretend there's a group of people that have been kicked off their land. Totally, totally false. Every Muslim who owned land before Israel was created still owns the land as long as they have a deed to it. They often show a key, but the key is not the way you show your own land a, a deed is. At any rate, um, it's worked intolerably well, and now a lot of people think, oh, it's the poor little Palestinians. But no, any Muslim that owns the land, and there are a lot of them, 20% of the population of Israel are Arab Muslims, and they own land. They have the same rights as Jews have. Um, and, uh, but this is designed to make it appear that Israel is the bad guy. As far as I can tell, Israel has acted as well or better than any other country in the history of the world, but they still, we, we don't have a lot of luck and we get lambasted a lot here. Um, someone was talking about affirmative action the other day, and uh, here's a comment that I think is kind of neat. Affirmative action was created by white people, and uh, the white people who created it the question is, why do they do this? And why do they continue to push this idea? And I, and I think the main reason is, and it's, that's what someone else has said, is not because they care that much, but because it makes them feel virtuous. And there's nothing better than feeling virtuous while making those sacrifices yourself. The judges who have supported affirmative action, they're beyond the squabbling for a place in college or university. And their children will be beyond it. And so they, they think, and this fellow thinks, 
that they do it just so they can feel virtuous without paying any price. Here is a question about speaking of Jews. Um, someone wrote into a, um, a, a site called Quora, if Hitler was right, how could Jews be inferior and rule the world at the same time? That's a good question. I've often wondered about that. And the answer is when you're hating, you don't have to make sense. You just want to get your hate on. You don't have to be logical. You don't have to be reasonable. You don't even have to be sane. And indeed, when, when you could still speak up against the Nazis in Germany, when the Nazis were gaining power, and people pointed out some of the absurdity in the Nazi thinking. And the Nazis would often answer, we don't have to be reasonable. We don't have to be logical. We think with our blood. And that's what some people seem to be doing nowadays. We think with our blood. Now, as you know, I and uh, Mr. Ring here are uh, experts around the house. However, we have been making a big mistake, and so have you. If you want to use a plunger, what type do you use for the sink? You use a cup plunger. That's a stick with a plain bulb at the end, and you press on it. If you want to do the toilet, you need a different plunger. And I know some of you are using the same plunger without telling your family members. Use something called a flange plunger, which is more bulbous and creates more force. All right, I'll be checking on you people to see whether you are, whether you bought two uh, plungers or you're too cheap. Here's something I didn't know. The hole in the pot handle is there for a reason. To hold a spoon, which then leans over the pot and drips in there. Many of you didn't know that. Here's something else, opening key rings. Many of us have busted our nails, lost our mind, yelled the loved ones while trying to do that. You're supposed to use a um, staple remover. Boy, am I silly. I didn't know that. Here's a suggestion, but I don't know. You're supposed to store peanut butter upside down so the oils distribute evenly. I don't have the guts for that. And also, when you take a, you lift a tab on a soda, you're supposed to put your straw through there if you use a straw. Now, here's an interesting news item. A man was sitting in a recliner naked, watching a movie, eating ice cream and Doritos, minding his own business, and Walmart called the cops on him. Here's a good question. What does it mean if the holy water sizzles when it hits your skin? All right, I'm gonna skip that one here. Um, I enjoy talking to you folks today. We're a little skinny on the time today, but that's as it should be. Every once in a while, you have to have a short session. I thank you for listening and viewing, and I hope to see you next Monday.